Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're covering 2020's Al Mori La Matine, The Last Screening. ¿De qué va la peli? Eh, es de, de suspenso. Dale, no, apuren. Ya empezó la película. ¿Qué querés irte? Por algo vinimos, ¿no? This film is also also goes by Red Screening. Or The Last Matinee. Or The Last Matinee. Isn't that what I just said? Maybe. I may I, have spaced on that one. <laughs> Wait, did I get it all wrong? No, I, you got it right, I think. I just said it just to be sure. It has multiple, just like many other foreign films, it has multiple names depending on, you know, where, where it's going to be at. But this film came out um, last year, and it is... Uh, it was directed by Maximiliano, Maximiliano Contente. Yeah, it's going to be released by Aero Video on December 1st. It'll be on Blu-ray. Uh, this is um, this movie is set in 1993. And, you know, everyone looks very 1993. And this is one of those things where when you go to other countries like uh, like Spain or... Argentina, Uruguay. This is a Uruguay or Uruguayan, like Argentinian and, film. Yeah. Um, sometimes the areas and the cars are still kind of like from, they're kind of behind, like from that time. Yeah. You know, it's easier to get the stuff because they're not obviously transporting brand new 2021 cars over there all the time. Yeah. You know, so everything looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's set in a movie theater. Which goes back to other films that are set in movie theaters. This reminds me a lot of the theater from Demons. And a little bit of the one from Popcorn, but mostly the Demons one. There's a lot of like references to that end, I think. Because it just it has such a similar feel in the theater, you know? The theater is gorgeous. And it is a huge, what I feel like was an opera house probably at one time. We didn't really research that, but it just... the well, they say the name of it is the, was it Cine Opera? So it may have been an opera house that they converted into a movie theater. Yeah. Theatrical opera. Opera theatrical. Yeah. Is the name of the theater. So it may have been, it, it just, it's, it's gorgeous in there. Like the actual place, you know, the, where the film, where you view the film. Uh, where would that even, what is that even called? Is that, is that like, does it have like a specific name within 
you know, like there's the balconies, like the whole area. Because oh, you're uh, like the concession stand, you know, the concession area. So the main area, basically, it's just gorgeous. It has those beautiful red velvet curtains that like go from like the ceiling all the way down to the floor. They're just, it's so grand looking. Um, so there is a father that works at, he's a, in a projectionist. Yeah. And, you know... He his daughter's taking over his duty. She's an engineering student, and she's going to be studying while she has you know whatever you know the movie that they're going to be watching, which is some like Frankenstein Day of the Beast, which is an actual movie that was directed by the guy who plays the murderer in this movie. Yeah, it, that's really really hilarious. I thought I guess they got a deal on the movie by casting him in in their movie. Like hey. Who could we get to play the killer and also has directed a movie that would let us they would let us use in this theater? This guy. There's like three teenagers, a little boy, a couple on a date, like their first date, and an old man. There's barely anyone in this theater. And the theater can fit probably like 300 people. Like, it's huge. It reminds me like a, a little bit of the Tampa Theater down here. Have you ever been to that? It's, you know, that huge balcony area and the huge main floor area. It's very easy to hide in. You could, There's a lot of places you could run away to. So while, you know, um, Anna is trying to study and, you know, just, you know, you work in the projection booth, you just put the movie on and just go about your life. Just make sure nothing crazy happens, you know, breaks, to the you film. you know how to fix it and exactly. then you're okay. Tape it back together, good to go. Um, the movie theater... You know, it's a declining movie theater. There's barely anyone there. They're showing this not a popular... You know, they're not showing a, a Army of Darkness, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Although they do have a little poster up in the uh, projection room for Army of Darkness that they strategically cover up the name, but you can tell it's Army of Darkness. While that's... While everyone, you know, is coming out of the theater, the new people are, are either staying for the next show or they're gonna... Or they're coming into the theater. You have this guy that's driving around the car eating fucking olives out of a damn huge fucking jar and it's disgusting like this jar it's it's fucking huge like it's in the passenger side filled with like the leftovers of other olives and everything it just looks disgusting the water is green there's you know shit floating around and it looks unattractive yeah he just plucks you know one of the olives out and just sucks on it spits out the pit and here we have the introduction of our killer, who is wearing black gloves. Yeah, and he puts those gloves on without even washing his hands, so he put his stinky olive hands right into the gloves. Nasty. And not only that, but he's dressed like the fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer, so it's a rain- it is a stormy night, so there's a reason for him to be in his like black trench coat and like the hood and all that. He he doesn't really stand out from the crowd too much. If you just saw him walking into the theater, you wouldn't think much of it. Yeah, well, uh, I would be like, uh, we gotta get the fuck out of here. That dude looks fucking mad sketch. (laughs) But that's because I don't trust anybody. Clothing-wise, you know. There's, you know, amongst the teenagers, there's three of them. Two guys and a girl. Uh, There's a freaking guy actor that looks exactly like Jonah Hill with glasses. Like, super bad you know, with the pro Jonah Hill. Yeah, he and he even sounds like him a little bit, too, when he starts to yell later on and get excited. He sounds like Jonah Hill, too. It's very strange. It's hilarious. And 
there, you know, all the actors look have that little bit of a familiar look to them. Like, I, you know, I haven't seen anything with them before, but they all look like actors you've seen in indie movies or slasher movies before. They all kind of have that look about them. They look authentic, but then also they do have like some like slight similarity to them. Like the teenage girl kind of reminded me of uh, Millie Bobby Brown or. Yeah, and I like when they have the teenagers in this one. Like you said, the one teenager, they're like, wow, he actually has acne that you can see. Teenagers in movies always have perfect skin, you know? They're always like, oh, I'm so terrible because I have a slight blemish on one side of my face. It's like, no, when you went to school, you saw people with terrible acne. Yeah, and real people that are going through fucking puberty because your hormones are everywhere. This is not an eczema commercial where you're just fucking coming out and you have flawless fucking skin. It's not reality. Yeah, this one actually has real looking people in it. So I really, really enjoyed. The med- The film couldn't be more meta as we are just like the other two films. See, the difference between the popcorn and the other film... Demons. Demons. How could I not remember the damn name of the damn movie? You're not really watching... They're watching the film, but not for a long time before the fucking shit breaks loose. They're watching this film for a pretty good amount of time before it ramps up. But that's because you only have like six people in the theater. So the guy comes in and kills everyone within the first 20 minutes of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got to get a little time for some character development here. Yeah. Which they kind of do. You get to know a little bit about the people before they get picked off. Um, you get to see that like the couple is there on the first date that she's kind of a terrible person she's terrible yeah she's lighting up cigarettes in the movie theater she's spitting her gum on the floor she's the absolute worst person that you want to have near you in a movie theater she's blowing her fucking smoke in his face while he's trying to eat popcorn and it's like now the popcorn smells like smoke and it's grody and she is like dying to get out of there but not really it's very she's a very strange person she doesn't seem like she's that interested in the guy but she is interested enough to give him a hand job while they're watching the movie yeah so yes she's interested but not that much i don't know what yeah she has supposedly she has a a party to go to oh spoiler alert she does not go to said party yeah most people in this theater don't make it to their destinations yeah, they don't. And the kills are freaking fantastic. They're so creative. There's, you know, the one, the usher, he gets knocked off and he's obsessed. He was trying to quit smoking but the stupid girl was smoking in the theater. So it kind of like got him nostalgic for, you know, that's the cigarette. So he goes asking for Anna for a cigarette and he goes outside to have a smoke. And, you know, that's actually our killer's first kill. Yeah. And it's a pretty imaginative one, too, because I've never seen any of the movies where you see a lot of, like, throat slashes and stuff. But I've never seen one where the person has just inhaled from a cigarette and then they get their throat slashed and you see the smoke coming out of the slash on their throat. Yeah, it was, it looked amazing. Yeah, there's some great kills in this. There's another one where there's two people that get impaled together. And it looks great. I the, all these kind of kills remind me of like the uh, the kills you'd see like in the Friday the Thirteenth movies and that in the eighties, where someone spent a lot of time working on practical effects to do it. They didn't just snap a button and have like CGI blood appear and everything. You can tell this is all practical stuff that they've done. It's 
Now maybe the smoke coming out of the throat is not, but like the cuts and everything were, they looked amazing. You know, definitely there is, at first I thought the film was Italian because it does have this the sound like the music and just the look of it is very like like giallo like those italian films yeah the music it sounds like a, a john carpenter dream it's you know the synth music the very it reminds me a little bit of escape from new york and parts of it you know it has that kind of a feel to it and yeah it's very much you put got the black gloves the black coat the you know you see the hands doing a lot of things yeah, there, yeah there's a lot of the giallo influences there it's very stylistic but not to the point where it's like ugh too art house you know but it just it's beautiful but hor hor you know horrifying at the same time yeah um I, I'm not one for gore. There is gore in the movie. I did have to look away because I am a sucker. There's just some things I just can't deal with. And, you know. Uh, apparently eyeball eating is one. Yeah, no, I'm not into eyeball eating. That's not my thing. But it looks great and it looks really real. Um, And, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the film. He, the uh, Contento, um, he definitely did a great job with, you know, the nostalgia of, like, watching uh you know something via the projector as opposed to some blu-ray that you just pop in now and just gets on the screen there's some beauty behind like when the light is coming out of the projection booth and you see like dust or you yeah. know, fucking skin cells like if you really think about what it is that's flittering in the yeah. air there it's gross but that I love that you don't get that anymore, and it, that's sad. But after everything that's happened, you know, recently with COVID and everything, and how we weren't able to go to the theater, you know, that whole experience is kind of dead. I mean, yeah, the theaters have opened up, but that like thirty-five millimeter, like the projection experience, is very few and far between. Yeah, you really see that now in like some of the art house theaters. I mean, like the Inzi in here still does 35 millimeter because when we've watched the stuff there, it still has that feel to it. You see the film still has a little bit of grain to it. There's some scratches and stuff on it, which is nice to see because it's good when they've restored a movie because I've seen, you know, restorations where you're like, wow, this looks beautiful and perfect and it's great. And that's fine. But there's also something good about seeing them when they're a little gritty and a little messed up, too. Because it reminds you of, like with me, going to the theater. When I lived in Joplin, Missouri, the theater gave about two fucks about the quality of the movie. So you would see a lot of things that were scratched and grainy and that kind of thing. And it reminds me of going to the movies when I was a kid. Like going to see stuff at the drive-in. Yeah. Where you weren't seeing perfect projection every time. You go to the drive-in now, it's digital projection too. So it, there is something very nostalgic about seeing these old movies with set in the theaters like this where they're still using film and you still get that, you know, the sound and the the projector and all that going. There's also another kind of Halloween-esque, not to bring Halloween into this film, but Halloween-esque feel for me personally because there's no, no backstory to the slasher. He's just someone that's killing. 
Yeah. We don't, there's no purpose. We don't know. We're not going to go into the, you know, it's not a fucking Rob Zombie film where we're like, oh, his mom was a stripper and the stepdad was terrible and beat him. Like, no, we're not getting into like the psychosis of, he's just a guy that's killing. And he I just shows up, starts killing people. Exactly. We don't need a backstory. Um, I like, I like that as well. And also you never hear him say anything. No. He never really talks in the course of the movie. He just goes on about his business. He yells a couple of times when he gets hit by things, but that's about it. His name in the credits, the slasher's name is Come Ojos, which means, <laughs> um, to a loose translation, eater of eyes, uh, which is disgusting. <laughs> and spoiler alert, that's what he does. And that's why he brought the, he had to finish off his olives before he got in the theater. Because you got to have some place to keep your eyes. Because you can't just leave those things bouncing around in your coat pocket. It's unsanitary. Yeah, he had an obsession with taking the people's eyes for whatever reason. There's no... There's no we don't know why. We don't he know just, why. He's just doing it. It is interesting that he took the eyes of people that went to a movie. Maybe he feels like they're watching something they shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you make he your does. own conclusion on that one. But you see, let's get really, really deep into this. Because if he is the director of the film they're watching in the real world, and now he's coming in as a character and killing these people and taking their <laughs> eyes from watching his movie, is he saying that film, that he that no one should be watching his film? His film is unwatchable. Is that what's happening? Maybe it is. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I, I love the fact, that, like you said, it's just, you know, they don't really have to explain anything. They just, he comes in and does it. And that's always more terrifying to me than when you get an actual explanation about what's going on. There's a comedian I like named Tim Wilson that talks about how in the old Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just boom, a guy came out of a door with a, wearing somebody else's face and a chainsaw and started killing you. You didn't know why it was happening. It was just fucking happening. The new Texas Chainsaw, they have to explain that his mother worked at the factory and she lost her job and he was deformed and he was made fun of by the other children and he had a rough childhood and blah, blah, blah. And there were counselors at the exit to make sure you were okay. He's like, no, fuck all that. We just want a guy that comes out of nowhere wearing somebody else's face and kills people. I don't need to know his sad life story. He's like, my own life story is bad enough. <laughs> exactly, because there are some serial killers, well-known serial killers, that were like normal people. They went to church. They freaking helped within the community. That's scarier to me of someone who, you know, on the outside is normal, but then in the inside, you don't know what's going on. He's a fucking killer. Like, that scares the shit out of me. I don't need to know all of that. Just the fact that they're is someone out there that is capable of that Yeah, is scary. And I mean, like I said, if I would have seen this guy come into the movie theater, we, we would have, be out. We'd have to leave. We would be gone. <laughs> I'm like, look, I care three. I don't care about this fucking Frankenstein movie. We are gone. Uh, and the movie was about the monster, not the doctor. I just want to throw that out there. I, yeah, so, for all you purists that want to want to write in and be like, ah, eh, you know that uh, Frankenstein was the name of the man, not not the monster. Yes, we know the movie was about the monster and the monster only. We never saw Doctor Frankenstein in it. I don't think. No, I don't remember seeing the Doctor Frankenstein. All I remember is seeing villagers and then having blood spat like splat on their face and the monster killing people. Like I did not. 
I don't recollect seeing any of that other stuff. But here we are. We, as the audience, are watching these people in the film watching the film. Yeah. It doesn't get more meta than that. Mega meta. And I love that, you know, the director of the the movie they're actually watching is playing the killer because... That's just one of those things that used to happen in older things where you would get like a a Werner Herzog or someone that would make an appearance in a movie just to finance another movie or whatever, you know? And like, is that what this guy was doing? Did he like take the money he got from this to make his next movie? I'm curious as to know why he would do that, you know? Maybe. But let's go back to the name because... Come ojos. Just me saying it, it just, it's so disgusting. <laughs> I can't get over it. It sounds so nasty in Spanish. It's, the eater of eyes. Oh, eye eater. Like, ugh, grossy, oh, nasty. And the eyeballs look, uh, ugh. to him, they look delicious. I'm not sure who did the effects on this, but a hand hats off to them because they did a great job hats off big time because i mean the blood looked great the freaking special like whatever everything they did all the kills there wasn't one kill that was like ah the, the there was one well there was more than one kill but the kill of when the two teenagers, okay, so there's one of the teenage boys, he, like, is staring at one of the girls' asses, like, off screen, I guess, yeah, at the bus. At the on the bus. Way there. And the girl to him looks like Brooke Shields, and he's obsessed. She shows up to the fucking theater, and I guess she got stood up. So he goes, and he starts macking to her, and she's into it, and she starts making out with him, and... While that's happening, you know, there's other things happening to the other characters. So we're kind of going from character to character. Then we come back to them and then all of a sudden, oh, they got rammed like a skewer. Like like they were like a shish kebab. Yeah, like white through the back of her head, out of her mouth, through his mouth, and out the back of his head. Yeah, because they were like facing each other because they were making out. And now they're like connected forever. Like the imagery of that. Yeah, and the friends are looking down. And the one friend is like, man, he's really going for it down there. Because they can't see far enough down exactly to see what's going on. Till one of the girl finally is like, I don't know. He's been in there for a long time. I think something might be wrong. Nobody makes out for that long without taking a break. So I thought that was uh, that was a really good kill. Yeah, I give the film three and a half knives. Yeah, me too. I'll give it three and a half knives as well. It's it's very well done, and uh, I hope we see more from them, because if this is any indication of the kind of crazy slasher movies they could come up with, I'm dying to see more. Yeah, the they did a really good job. Um with the just every I love the music, the characters are fine. At the Anna, the daughter of the projectionist, um, she's pretty badass. Like there are things that, you know, the surviving kids, you know, teenagers, well, I guess she, well, I guess she's still studying engineering, so she could be nineteen or yeah, she could be nineteen. Yeah. Um, but the young young people of the film they really don't hesitate. They're, you know, beating the shit out of him. It's not like you're screaming and like, damn it, why did you do that? Why, you know, don't hit him just once. Keep hitting him. Like some of the other movies we've seen where they like, 
run off while the person's down and you're like, oh, they could have hit him, they could have stabbed him. No, they go for it here. When there's a chance to hit this guy or stab him, they take it. Yeah. Uh, he does get an eye plunged out. Does he eat the eye? That's is that his eye that he's eating? Oh, that is his eye that he's yes, eating. Oh, gross! Yeah, he just comes Look, in he, terrorizing them. He's not, you know, he's not discriminating. He's not an eye he racist. He just likes to eat the eyes of yeah. any. He's like his own eye. He's yeah, eat he's, not, he's not an eye racist. He'll just eat any eye. I uh, get out of here. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed this film. and uh, Thank you to Arrow Video for the screener. We appreciate that. And um, it will be available. It'll be available December 1st. Arrow's going to put it out on Blu-ray. It looks like a really nice set, too. Thank you so much, and stay tuned to the horror. Don't eat eyeballs. Not even for Thanksgiving. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.